I think we have to recognize that we're people first. We come to our labs with our own perspectives from our lived experience, from our cultures, from our axes of identity. And when we can center and celebrate those elements of our lived experience and who we are and the fullness of our identities in the context of science, I think we can reimagine what science is and what science can be. Hello, world, and welcome to Her Royal Science. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. Today, we'll be chatting with Corinne Okada-Takara and Callie Chappelle, who lead an interdisciplinary summer camp in the Bay Area, Biojam. Through Biojam, Callie, Corinne, and their team creatively coalesce science and art to dive into bioengineering and environmental justice with high school students. Corinne is currently a Santa Clara University Montalvo Arts Center Fellow, and Callie recently defended her doctoral thesis in Ecology and Evolution at Stanford. We're also joined today by former Biogem camper turned teen mentor Ana Maria Guerrero Campos, an undergraduate student at Texas Christian University, pursuing a BS in Computer Science and a BA in Spanish. I am thrilled to be chatting with Corinne, Callie, and Anna about this amazing summer program. But let's start from the very beginning. What is the origin story of Biogen? I can take that question since I was at the beginning with Rolando Cruz Perez, who was at the time a PhD student at Stanford. And we were, it's an interesting origin story because we were actually in a shared lift ride in Philadelphia. Mm. Um, going to a conference to talk about biotechnology in K-12. And we started talking about how we didn't feel like there were really great entry points or conversation spaces to engage youth from communities that our families were from. Mm -hmm. um, and so we started talking about uh, what would a camp look like that we would design that elevated culture and community into the conversation of biology and empower students to drive those conversations. Um, and so us both coming from ag, communities, Rolando from Salinas Valley in California, and my family originating from uh, agricultural community uh, in Maui, uh, uh, sugarcane labor camp my father was born in, and Rolando's family was really involved in uh, a range of agricultural field work in Salinas Valley, and we just started talking about how there's so much knowledge uh, that's not recognized as science knowledge that we could bring to the front and kind of engage community in different ways and so that's how it started and then we prototyped out the first camp at stanford in the bioengineering teaching lab and that's how we started and then callie joined us in year two callie how did you first hear about biogem i know you've been a student at stanford for the last few years is is that how you discovered this program this amazing interdisciplinary program well, I was really lucky because my friend Rolando uh, sent me an email one day and was like, I've got this program that I'm co-organizing with an artist, Corinne, and I know you do art and science stuff. Do you want to meet up with us at a coffee shop and learn more? And I was like, yes, of course I would like to learn more. So we met up at the coffee shop and Corinne and Rolando were telling me about this program. I'm like, this is really amazing. And they were like, I don't want to just tell you about it. Let me show you. Can you get in my van? We're driving down to Salinas today <laughs> and we're doing some programming. And I was like, yeah, I guess I can cancel all of my meetings and drive to Salinas today. And so that's exactly what I did. And I went down there and I saw this a really amazing programming literally programming a robot to pipette, not necessarily for PCRs or things that scientists might imagine a pipetting robot to be used for, but actually to create art that centered the 
the culture and the creativity of the teens that we were engaging with. And so this collaboration, uh, not just with the teens and with these artists and scientists, but also with this organization, OpenTrons, they were really engaging teens and kind of reimagining what the intersection of science and art could be. And so I was like, this is really amazing. How do I get involved? And the next year we were planning our camp for 2020. And little did we know that we would be doing that in the midst of a global pandemic. And that's what Anna got involved. And so we really pivoted all of the programming to be able to be remote. So Corinne designed these amazing lab on a cookie sheet kits to be able to do our all of our programming that we like drove to every single camper's residence. Oh my goodness. Right? And we did everything on Zoom and everybody created all of these amazing designs that Corinne had created at home on Zoom. And it was also combined with community engagement projects that Corinne can share more about mm-hmm. that then took the work not just from our rooms or our cookie sheets, but back into community that centered the conversations that we were having about the intersection of of science, art, and biodesign. Mm-hmm. I mean, community is a word that has come up a couple of times, and I w- I'd love to explore a few more of the other tenets of Biogem. What is the foundation that Biogem stands upon? Oh, that's such a great question. Kelly, Rolanda, and I just finished wrapping up a paper um, for Cambridge research directions on uh, what is needed in bioengineering education and, and some of the tenets we we talked about that we kind of organically formed throughout the camp include generative learning, so learning alongside creating definitions for science terms together with the youth, creating examples um, from their lived experience rather than from textbook definitions. So that was one. Playful making was a huge part of our journey with the youth. Everything we wanted to be centered on play and creativity. When you play, there's no fear of doing wrong. Mm-hmm. Third one was reflection and ritual. So bringing our cultures into these spaces gives us an opportunity to look at what are our rituals of gratitude with biology. And then storytelling, which is really the key central tenet of what we do, is how do we storytell science and biology in new ways that bring to the fore uh, ancestral knowledge um, and lived knowledge. And then another component is frugal science tool designs. We really are interested in science journeys that can not only happen in whatever space that we're teaching in, but science journeys that students can take home. So what are the make and take activities that students can do and take home and amplify their science knowledge or learning their teaching into their homes and communities? And then the last one would be um, just really bringing social awareness and critical thought and, and kind of activism to their lens and how they look at science. Um, so those are kind of the six areas that we mm-hmm. really focused on. But I don't know, Callie, would you agree that really storytelling and play plays the biggest role in, in our kind of frameworks for our, our explorations? Absolutely. Something that we really focus on is this informal learning spaces. So oftentimes, uh, folks have various experiences in formal classroom settings that may make people feel dissociated or not be as engaged in learning. And so we want to create a space that's playful, that's creative, that feels very, very different from classroom settings that people may have been in before to really open up space for reimagining what science, what art, what biomaking can be. All right. And it's wonderful that we have Anna with us here today to tell us about her experiences as a student on the receiving end of this amazing summer experience. Anna, what were your thoughts as you took part in the summer program? 
I was really excited to join Biogem because I am part of the migrant program and it was during the time COVID hit mm-hmm. and I remember Mr. Morales told me about this opportunity and I was like, oh yeah, this is awesome. And it gave me a chance to experience and experiment with different topics, different ideas. And I was never part of something so different. Mm -hmm. I didn't really have much knowledge about like bioengineering and how you can incorporate art into bioengineering and biodesign. So when Mr. Morales told me about this opportunity, I was like, yes, of course, like, I have nothing to do during COVID and this is an opportunity for me to expand my knowledge and just gain more experience about other topics and just different fields. How differently did you find science was presented to you within the classroom setting as a high school student versus how it was presented during Biogen? I think science in the classroom setting was more like, you know, this is a fact. This is what has been, you know, taught or experimented with throughout time, mm-hmm. whereas Biojam was more about experimenting on your own and finding out, you know, using these facts and finding out about these facts through hands-on experience. And I also loved the fact that they incorporated art into Biojam because in a classroom setting, it was more like, this is STEM, you know, the fine arts, the social sciences are another thing. And they never incorporated art into science. Mm-hmm. How much work do you think needs to be done now in the academic setting to reflect that? Because I, I'm thinking about my own experiences, how there's just a rigidity in the science world that I'm, I'm not a huge fan of. But I mean, Callie, you just had a defense that I thought did a wonderful job at putting these multiple facets together of saying, let's be playful with our science and let's learn about the world around us. But your defense was a rarity. I I wish most of our defenses were like that. So what do you think we need to do in the academic space to bring more of those tenets into the space, this already existing space? I think we have to recognize that we're people first. We come to our labs. We come to our communities, whether that be scientific communities or communities that we might not necessarily consider to be scientific communities, but I would argue are, with our own perspectives from our lived experience, from our cultures, from our axes of identity. And when we can center and celebrate those elements of our lived experience and who we are and the fullness of our identities in the context of science, I think we can reimagine what science is and what science can be. For science and academia to reimagine and dream what it can be, it has to kind of burst that bubble that it's in and bring in Uh, peers that are community arts activists like me um, and community members and really support community spaces outside the walls of academia. So not only think about driving learning from within the walls of their institutions, but academia needs to grow kind of prototyping, percolating idea spaces in communities, hyper-local community settings that are trusted spaces that there can be this synergy and continual conversation because a big barrier is just to get to an academic space. So what are the trusted spaces in communities? So I think it's really important for, in order for academic spaces to think about how do we reimagine is also to reimagine the setting and, and the collaborators mm-hmm. and to create these physical spaces that are in communities and elevating those community partners to the same level, which I think uh, Biogem has really been 
doing a great job uh, outreaching to community spaces, uh, community organizations. So for example, Biogem the last year partnered with Migrant Ed and Kelly, um, you can speak more to that because you were there last year partnering with them. Yeah, something that we've really tried to do is reimagine the way in which power flows with respect to academic institutions. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes when we think about outreach, and when I say we, I mean folks who have the kind of disciplinary training that I do, people with PhDs in science, imagine that, you know, we as scientists have some hollowed knowledge about science and that our job is to communicate that to other people. But that really doesn't take into account the fact that everyone has hollowed knowledge, right? Everyone has expertise. Everyone has visions and understandings of the world that we can learn from. And this is particularly present when uh, academics think about, you know, communicating their science to, quote unquote, the broader public. Mm-hmm. And so as Corinne was saying earlier, what Biojam tries to do is reimagine the way in which power flows, right? Centering knowledge that already exists in community and, and amplifying that or celebrating that from a different lived experience or a different disciplinary perspective. And so one way that we've tried to actualize that and how Biojam is set up is actually structurally. So as Corinne was alluding to, there are kind of three key elements of how Biojam now is set up. So kind of getting back to our, our prior point about the history of Biojam, after running our summer camp in 2020, which we the teens and everybody were really excited about, we were like, how do we continue to grow this? And how do we create structures that really epitomize the core tenets that Corinne explained of what Biojam represents? And so uh, one of them was by creating kind of three arms of Biojam. The teens, so the teen campers, they actually can return back as teen mentors and then stay on as teen advisory board members. So that's Anna's an example of an amazing teen who's done all three of those roles. Uh, and then community members. So we have community members who are part of our community advisory board that actually guide the direction of camp. So this includes the Migrant Ed Program, as well as uh, about 30 other nonprofits that are part of our broader community nexus in the regions that we work in. And so we have these advisory board meetings where they actually tell us what they desire, what they dream of. And the third piece tries to make that happen, which is a Stanford organization called Biojam Collabs. Um, And Biojam Collabs is meant really to be the wind under the wings of what the teens and the community want. So instead of being the leaders and the explainers and the knowledge holders, we're actually the knowledge Uh, appreciators (laughs) and the knowledge supporters. So how do we use resources at institutions like Stanford, academic institutions, and use that to reimagine how academia can be different, right? How can we take inspiration from teens? How can we take inspiration from communities and actually radically reimagine the way in which we think about science? That's beautiful. I want to go back to the first arm of what you shared in the youth that you all center in Biogem, I wanted to share a sentiment that um, Corinne shared with me in our uh, like intake form. You said so beautifully, quote, learning is multi-generational and multi-directional. My richest learning comes from collaboration and communion with elders and youth. I think that's beautifully worded. I think it's a very true sentiment, but we typically kind of stray away from that in the academic setting, which I find a little bit baffling. So I guess my question here is how how can we kind of change the way academia looks at the youth, looks at the younger members of our population to see them as valuable members of this, you know, science ecosystem that we're all a part of? I think one way to look at youth as true peers is when we realize when we're engaging with communities, 
the experts of communities and the most trusted members of communities are the youth. Mm-hmm. They truly are centered as collaborators and not not just this false elevation of, oh, we're doing this together. No, you really are leveraging the knowledge that they hold that we don't hold, not being from a t- particular space. Um, so I think that's one way institutions can, and programs, youth programs can center the knowledge of the youth as truly central to the programming that they're developing, especially if they're centering youth as co-collaborators in developing content or questions to bring into their communities or to bubble up from the communities. And I think the key thing here is to really think about whoever asks the questions, whoever's doing the dreaming, controls the conversation. And so that shifts the power dynamic. So can we have communities drive the questions, I think is at the core of everything. So an example of of driving the question, I would say, are some of the extension journeys that some of the teens in Biojam have participated in. Some have also been in um, bio, uh, the Biodesign Challenge. So reimagining PPE, well, we did this in Biojam as well. What is the PPE that you would want in your community? What is a very different type of PPE you would have as an ag worker in the field? How would you redesign that from a place of knowledge and from direct interviews with the actual experts, the field labor, who may be relatives? Uh, how might you reimagine rituals of gratitude with radishes that you grow on the International Space Station? That's another project mm-hmm. that some of the students have participated in, is a NASA-sponsored project of growing radishes in soil that's simulated from Mars. And so just uh, driving the questions from a more s- cultural-centered space, I think, can really increase the interest and ownership of the questions. Kelly, did you want to add something there as well? Teens drive all the questions in Biojam. So they decide what the theme of camp is. They come back and help design elements of the curriculum. They lead elements of the curriculum themselves. Mm -hmm. And really, it's generative within the community, right? And within their peers, right? What do my peers, what are my peers interested in? What questions are pressing in our minds? And Part of that is uh, is part of camp when teens design community engagement projects. So the first half of camp is is co-learning together about, for example, environmental justice, or we had a camp about PPE, we've had camps thinking about climate change, right? But the second part is uh, the teens actually doing need finding in their own communities and asking what sorts of projects uh, can we do to actually address issues or questions or concerns that we see locally. And so one example of that that Anna was involved in was the year where we focused on PPE. They noticed that uh, a lot of field workers did not have access to appropriate PPE. So they actually worked with nonprofits. They actually worked with, uh, for example, the San Francisco Opera Costume Department to have thousands of face masks donated. And they actually, with their you know aunts and uncles and siblings and parents, bagged them all in individual bags and then organized with local city government in Gonzales a PPE distribution site to make sure that people that they knew in their community were having access to the PPE that they desperately deserved and needed at that time. Yeah. So my, my next question is about starting a program like Biojam around the world. Like if you were somewhere else, you're you're in Canada like I am right now, or you're in the UK and you're interested in having a program like this. What do you need to do to get started? What was the process for you all to get started? And what would you encourage others keep in mind when they're doing something like this? I think this is a beautiful question, and I'm exploring that right now here in Hawaii. Mm. So how do you begin to start ha- having conversations about 
biology, biodesign, genetic engineering, um, the whole scope of biosciences in a community space. And I think you have to go slow and you want to start from places of interest. So here, a big interest is water issues and water mm. safety. We have a lot of very critical issues going on right now with um, our water. And I also think it's great to start with activities that, you know, you can have keiki children up to kapunas elders working on. This weekend I did paper microscope, a DIY paper microscope project where people design their own little microscopes from index cards and acrylic spheres. Mm. And then we looked at limu, we looked at seaweed. So just focusing on what's really local, place-based, um, knowledge, ancestral knowledge, the elders could share more knowledge about limu and seaweed. Um, and we all started with a story about what's the first memory or our favorite memory of limu. And so it was really interesting to hear the stories that people had going around in the circle. So I think starting with simple tool design, biology, organisms of place, um, and something that people can take home with them. So they were able to take home what they designed. It was their creation. There was no one right way to make it. So really introducing science in a way that there's no one right answer, I think is important. That you can help your neighbors. We had students helping each other at different tables. One of the researchers had brought fold scopes um, from his boat. And so they had something that was a very scientific kit, but they also had something to design from scratch. Their journey in making the fold scope will be more pleasurable because they kind of understand it and they've made a working microscope already. But it's a really good question. How do you build out these new spaces and other places? Uh, obviously, it's in collaboration with youth and seeing what they're interested in and trying things out. Mm. Callie, do you have some words of wisdom to anyone who might want to start something like Biogen? in their own community? I think speaking from the perspective of being an academic researcher, the two most important things to enter into these conversations is, and they're not even conversations, they're really relationships, is kind of two tenets of any good relationship, which is humility and trust. Mm. Yeah. These We do not have the knowledge as academic scientists stand today to be able to do programs like this. Mm -hmm. Right. We have to work in trusting collaborations with artists, with community activists, with youth in order to create ecosystems, communities, new communities and ecosystems like this. And so just like if you want to have a good partnership with anybody or anything, <laughs> you have to put the time and energy and care into cultivating real authentic relationships first. And only through cultivating those authentic relationships, through humility, through an openness to grow, through a genuine desire to learn, can you be able to grow trust. And uh, as Corinne has mentioned many times, it's an iterative process. It's one where you have to put yourself out there and make mistakes. Sometimes it's hard as scientists to be like, oh, oops, I didn't mean to say that, or I think I, <laughs> I, think I messed up, or I don't know something. And so entering into these conversations with humility and, and being open to being wrong and being open and celebrating epic fails sometimes, <laughs> right, as a pathway to growth <laughs> – is really crucial in being able to have a good relationship with anybody, but particularly in growing these like really deep relationships and ecosystems that <laughs> that make this kind of work possible. Mm -hmm. I mean, Biojam as it stands today is a beautiful program that's doing wonderful things. I now want to ask you about what you think the future of Biojam is as it continues to grow. I think our biggest hope for Biojam is that new generations make it their own. Mm -hmm. Corinne and I have been working together now for many years on Biojam. 
and we've been part of this transition team to celebrate the knowledge, expertise, and new visions of a generation to come after us. And so we want to be the wind under their wings and what they imagine Biojam is. For example, when uh, most of the time in which we were involved in Biojam, we were working at three different sites in the greater Bay Area, in Oakland, in East San Jose, and in Salinas. And in the past year or so, we've actually pivoted to be uh, only in Salinas and South Monterey County through a really deep collaboration with the Monterey County Office of Education Migrant Ed Program. With that collaboration, we actually have a different demographic of students, uh, slightly younger students that are all migrant students. And so uh, we're really excited to see how kind of the next group of scientists starts collaborating and, and continues to collaborate with this kind of new group of community educators and what vision they have for the future. And so part of this iterative process, right, of like working with different youth, right, uh, with working in different communities and through the process of learning and discovery there that really opens up space for Biojam to always be part of this like ongoing transformation. Mm-hmm. Well, Biojam really is a way of being, I think. I think you can hear it when we talk about Biojam, right? It's a way of interacting and understanding the world that centers culture, creativity, and biology in the way that we exist in the world. And so I think that carries, that is carried forth in hopefully the way in which people think about their ex- existence in the world after being part of the Biojam community, whether that's being a camper, whether that's being a collaborator, whether that's being on our one of our advisory boards, or just, you know, friends and family and loved ones. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, but one challenge specifically that we ran into with Biojam is resources, right? So much of what we were able to do was constrained by resources that communities have access to, the communities that we collaborate with have access to, and the actual resources that we have to be able to do programming. For example, almost all of our programming comes from arts and ethics organizations and pretty much no scientific research organizations, which is very interesting for a bioengineering camp. And so that got me thinking, how do we create structures that support this kind of work in a broad way beyond just biojam camp but how can we have funding pathways for example or just institutional pathways that support this happening throughout the US and globally and so um, a lot of my next steps are focused on this from a policy perspective what policies need to be in place in order to support continued work and activism like this mm-hmm. Karen what do you see as the future of biojam I love Kelly's description. I just want to add to that, that I think of storytelling as a key component of what we do, but Biojam itself is a story. Mm -hmm. And each person retells it, carrying along some of what was past, but adding a new link to it. And so it's an evolving story. So I hope it's just a story that keeps growing and keeps getting retold through new voices that carries along some of our old perspectives, but really resonates as it's retold to the current participants. I hope it becomes a model for other programs. I really, my dream would be for there to be satellite programs very similar to it or visiting groups that come and watch Biojam and then make something similar in their home community. We really do need these missing spaces. These are holes in our science education. We really have a hole in a, in spaces where science is talked about with community and dreaming the future of biology that are not in academia. And so I think, um, especially in lower resource communities, where there's such a richness of different ways of telling with biology, storytelling with biology, of making with biology, collaborating with biology. And so I think um, that's my dream, is for there to be more of these. 
Anna, what do you think your future looks like with respect to Biojam? Do you hope that you're a continuing member of the admin team or a, a continued mentor? Is there anything that you're hoping to continue to do in this space? Yes, I really hope to encourage more students to join Biojam. I think mm -hmm. Biojam has really helped me grow as a person and just gave me given me a different perspective about science and it's helped me gain a lot of knowledge. So I'm hoping I can encourage more students from my area and from my high school to learn about different stuff and just join Biojam. I really appreciate all the help, Callie, Corinne, and all the other admin members of Biojam. They have been such a great support system. Oh, that's wonderful and so, so beautiful. I want to thank all of you for being a part of this conversation. And I'll be sure to put your contact information not only in the transcript, but within the show notes as well. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And Biojam is fun. If anyone takes someone thing away from this, they should know Biojam is fun. Hopefully you had fun doing the activities that we do with teens. <laughs>